Welcome to episode 284 of the Whatnots Review Show, where every week we pick a story and talk about it. This could be a movie, TV series, anime, manga, comic book, audio fiction, all kinds of entertainment. We watch it, read it, or listen to it, and then we come back here and talk about it. My name is Melissa Wilkinson, and I am joined, as always, by Kyle Springer. Busted makes me feel good, Melissa, and I hope it makes you feel good, too. Yeah, it's one of my favorite pastimes, Bustin. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, just as American as apple pie and baseball, <laughs> Bustin. <laughs> Put it on the dating profile, must love dogs and Bustin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Happy New Year, Melissa. We are in 2024. Uh, it feels strange because this is the first episode of the review show we're doing, but we're already a good ways into January here. Mm-hmm. Um, we've we've made some slight changes to our, our scheduling and how we record things and all of that good stuff. Uh, so, yeah, first episode of the review show. We're basically alternating our episodes with the captain's log. So both of those podcasts are now every other week. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I just updated my little spiel to say every episode we will pick a new story to talk about because we're not doing this every week anymore. Right. Yeah, I've I've been updating our website with a bunch of stuff. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's not a weekly show anymore. Bi-weekly or every other mm-hmm. week. So. Yeah, good stuff. How are you, though? How's your weekend been? I've been inside. It's extremely cold. I think this morning yes. with the wind chill, it hit like negative 30. <laughs> yeah, uh, I did. This. So I, I guess, spoiler alert, we're going to be talking about the Ghostbusters films. Mm. Uh, their new one coming out in like two months is the Frozen Empire. Uh, it already right. feels like we're living in it right this is is our preview it's like nine degrees outside where i live and yeah it got to like negative something something in wind chill so it it is cold we're staying inside just not yeah (laughs) don't go outside it's cold Mm -hmm. (laughs) so Good stuff. Good stuff. Were you up to anything else? Were you watching anything in particular this weekend since it was so cold? Uh, I did finish Echo. Okay, there you go. What'd you think of that? I enjoyed it a lot. (laughs) There's a lot to there's a lot to appreciate there on Echo. That was really well made. Good stuff. And I watched one of the classic snowed in movies, which is Fargo. There you go. Good stuff. That's classic. That's also a real good one, too. I I ended up watching the first season of that show uh, mm. and then something about it turned me off, like right at the end of that first season. And then I never kept up with it. But I just keep hearing amazing things like each season is just so good. It's so it's amazing. And so now I'm just like, I think I messed up. I think I should go back. Jack, we have to go I've back. Heard, <laughs> I've heard the current season is good, starring uh, my neighbor, St. Louis's own John Hamm. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Um, so, yeah, maybe one day we'll get back to Fargo. Who knows? But good stuff. Ghostbusters is what we're here to talk about. Yes. Uh, this time. Uh, yeah. 
Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters is a lot of fun. It's a franchise that I think has ingrained itself into pop culture, uh, and rightly so. Um, it, 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 I just like even my childhood, like I just remember all the like high C advertising with Slimer <laughs> on it, the Ecto Cooler <laughs> stuff. Like yeah. it, it was just everywhere, where, where. Um, yeah i like it it's it is like you know how sometimes on this show we talk about like i mean it's a movie i've seen it bits and pieces i don't know if i actually mm. saw the whole thing this i know i saw the whole thing of the first two but it also feels like there was more to it than mm-hmm. those only two like only two movies back then of, co- of course on today's episode we're talking about all four uh, that are yes. currently out, but it feels bigger than it is. It it looms large in people's minds as yeah. everything from a, a Halloween costume. There's so much lore in here you could get into if you wanted. I think that is yep. one of the perks of the series is that if you just want to laugh for two hours you can but if you're like no tell me more about Ivo Shandor and Tobin's spirit guide you can dig into it my brother went to a whole Ghostbusters convention which I think was just like one eight hour day at a local airport Marriott but still not a lot of franchises outside of the huge ones like Star Wars or Star Trek will get their own singular convention yeah um but yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. I had seen the first two, the originals, but I had not seen the more recent ones. Um, so like half of this was all new. To me. Had had you seen the newer ones? I I grew up with the first two. I have mem like small small child memories of watching Ghostbusters. I really loved those guys. Like they were my own uncles when I was very small. Yeah. I saw the 2016 one in theaters and I hadn't seen the afterlife. I had like missed it when it was in theaters for whatever reason. And at that point we were doing the show and I think both of us put it on a shelf of let's do all the Ghostbusters sometime. So I was holding off afterlife to watch it fresh for this episode. And finally, here we are. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. So I guess in in general, what do you think of the Ghostbusters movies? This was an interesting experience to watch all four of them compressed into a short amount of time. Uh, Ghostbusters 2, watch that on New Year's Eve. One of my favorite New Year's Eve watches over the last couple weeks. I've watched these. Did did you do the thing where like if you start it at a certain time, (laughs) it'll be New Year's in the right? (laughs) I I didn't do that. But Rick Moranis saying Happy New Year in the movie reached me before like any of my friends or family texted me. So thank you, Rick Moranis, for being the first person to wish 2024 on me. I Shout appreciate out to Rick it. Moranis. What a good guy. A legend. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. I I really enjoyed rewatching the 2016 one. Okay. That was a pretty fun experience. Yeah. And I I I liked Afterlife, but I liked it a little less than I expected to. I think because I watched all four of these in a row. 
and so much of what Afterlife is is paying homage to the Earl to the first two movies. Really, mm-hmm. the first one. I don't think they're not bringing in any of the pink slime or yeah. Vigo the Carpathian in Ghostbusters Afterlife. Really, it's Ghostbusters one. So I think with the first Ghostbusters so fresh in my mind, that maybe hampered my enjoyment of Afterlife just slightly. These this is a series of movies that I found is very repetitive in yeah. certain ways. I would agree. Uh, with which that, can yeah. be which can be good or can be bad. When I was a little kid, finding Ghostbusters 2 at Blockbuster and it's just Ghostbusters again, but a little sillier this time. That's exactly what I needed as a child. Ghostbusters 2, I think, is my favorite of all of these. Yeah. Which I don't think is a a popular opinion. It's interesting because I feel like if the franchise had continued earlier on, you would get Mm. different changes to the formula. But because we only have those first two, it's like, yeah, yeah, you have Ghostbusters or the slightly sillier Ghostbusters. Like, Mm mm-hmm. They're both kind of the right. same thing, but, you and know, it just depends on your taste. 2016 is a soft remake, so the plot structure is the same. They do change a lot of the plot points. And then Afterlife is a reboot quill, and that does end up repeating a lot of the exact same things from Ghostbusters 1, even though it is with new characters in a new setting. Yeah, I new think characters... If I had- new setting it feels different too it that one mm. feels much more like what if stephen king did a ghostbusters um yeah it's in oklahoma not maine but sure, sure. yeah i mean well sure but like it, it like it's his it's his style of like let's sit with this family a bit here in this weird yeah. house that they're in what is this town like a little bit 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 whereas i think the older Ghostbusters just kind of dive right in. Like, we're scientists. We're studying g- 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 ghosts. Oh, look, there's a ghost. Let's study mm-hmm. it, right? Um, so, yeah, yeah it, ghost- it just feels different. I, Ghostbusters Afterlife is a movie that was made with a lot of love. It is director Jason Reitman stepping into his father, Ivan Reitman's footsteps. The whole thing is made as a a loving tribute to the late Harold Ramis. Mm-hmm. So I, I really appreciate that movie on an emotional level, but I think watching it so close after the other ones hampered my experience. <clears throat> and I can imagine that if I did catch this when it was in theaters, I'm like, Oh, I've, I've seen Ghostbusters a million times. I don't have to rewatch it. And I went in here and it wasn't just the same thing I was seeing last week. I maybe would have liked it more. I, I did like it. I liked all of these. <laughs> I think it is. And I'm happy we got to talk about all four of them as a set. Yeah. I'm just noting that, oh, I think I'm coming at this with a specific context that I don't know if a lot of other viewers are coming at it with. Sure. Well, I, I have a bit of a confession to 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 make okay. here on on this. I, I had a blast watching all four of these. Like I said, I think Ghostbusters has ingrained itself into pop culture uh, it, as it should. It looms a lot larger than life, like we discussed. I don't actually think the first two movies are all that good. Like they're okay. they're, they're, they're they're pleasant. I, I, I have a good mm. time watching th- <laughs> yeah. them, but in, in terms of like, like craft, if that makes it like, I, I just, I don't think they're super well made. 
they're kind of cheesy. They skip over some things, and mm. I don't know. It, it, I I also I as as much as we all uh, love all of the 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 actors in there, I don't think some of them can can act really all that good, or at least in mm. those movies. Uh, but it's still like. That, I think, is what is so amazing about Ghostbusters is that despite even me maybe thinking that, it's still good. It's still fun. Like, mm. I, I I have a good time. Um, I had never seen the two newer ones. Uh, the 2016 one was better than I expected. I know it, f- it flopped in theaters. Mm. I know there was a lot of unfortunate hate around Mm. around it uh when it came out uh because a lot of men did not like the all women (laughs) cast uh in it in this um i thought it was fine i was like oh this is better than i was expecting um i I, yeah it's not my favorites uh Mm. certainly it's fine right yeah, um, it is. It is unfortunate that it has to carry all of that on its shoulders and yes. it is not allowed to just be a fine movie, which yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, and then the the most recent one, Ghostbusters Afterlife. I loved that one. I thought that one was fantastic. Nice. Yeah, that one was awesome. Um, so, yeah, it just an uh, in, in, in interesting confession there. That's like, I don't actually think the first two are all that good, but oh, well, I, I know I've, I've gotten a st- <laughs> I've got nostalgia goggles for those two, for sure. But, but I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I I have the the nostalgia for it, though, because it just everywhere I went, Ghostbusters, this, Ghostbusters, that, the cartoon, the high C, the ecto cooler, yeah, everything you did had something Ghostbusters. You always sang the song. You always did the, right, you the, call, the song helps right? a lot. Right. Yeah. The fact that it's an easy Halloween costume. It's Mm -hmm. one of my coworkers, him and his four year old son both went as Ghostbusters this last Halloween. So there is something sticky about it to where it does seem to be working on subsequent generations. Yeah. Really, anybody can be a Ghostbuster. I think that is part of the charm of this entire series is that you have PhDs and you also have characters who are like, I just need a job. Can I learn how to do this? And they're like, Sure. Put on the suit. We'll embroider your name on a patch. You're part of the team now. Yeah. Anybody can do it. Indeed. Indeed. And I'm I'm kind of surprised that we also have not gotten like a, a TV show adapt. I know we've gotten cartoons, but not like yeah. a proper modern day Ghostbusters live action television show. I would like that. I think it's it's prime for that. I, like we, I would, we need I one. Would, I would like to see the Ghostbusters in more and smaller ghost adventures as opposed to like one giant city threatening adventure. Please tell me like every just annoying haunted hotel you had to go clean up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Hopefully we get one because it it fits in the like crime show procedural sense of like every week can be a different ghost and there can be like an overarching like problem ghost that is the main bad guy of that season right um it's it's ready to go they could they could make it work they could make it work Mm -hmm. uh cool any other kind of non-spoilery thoughts on ghostbusters you want to throw in there 
I, I want to mention that this is our annual tradition that we open every year. But one, we have opened the review show every year with watching an entire film franchise. Yeah. And last year, I also tried to talk you into a new tradition called Danuary, where we spend one episode every January celebrating an actor named Dan. So <laughs> I completely forgot about that. <laughs> Didn't I, I guess just didn't think it would actually be a thing. Uh, but yeah, here we are. Dan Aykroyd. Snuck it in here. Didn't even. Dan Aykroyd. Yep. Yes. <laughs> so what Dan will I bring out next year? We have yet to hit DeVito. Who knows? Who knows? Indeed. Uh, cool. Well, we will take a quick break for some housekeeping. Uh, and when we come back, we will dive more in depth to the Ghostbusters films. We'll be right back. Thank you so much for checking out this podcast. We hope you're enjoying it. If you didn't know, we make multiple different shows here at The Whatnots, and a lot of hard work goes into making them, so we would love it if you check them all out. But none of this is possible without your support. Head over to patreon.com slash the whatnots and you can get access to over 40 hours of exclusive content, including our Patreon first podcast, The Pilots Club, when you sign up at our $3 tier. Of course, there is a free version of The Pilots Club available, but episodes are exclusive to our Patreon for two years before they hit the free feeds. If you're interested in buying merch, we have shirts, hoodies, mugs, and more for sale over at thewhatnots.com store. Another great way to help us out is by subscribing and leaving a nice rating and review on your podcasting app of choice. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel for video versions of the show, trailer reactions, and live streams. And lastly, you can always find out more information about the shows we make on our website, thewhatnots.com. All right, we are back. Big shout out to our Patreon supporters. We love you a lot. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you so much. Uh, over on the Pilots Club, the new episode we put up for January uh, is Reboot. This is a recent uh, Hulu sitcom, I think from 2021 or 2022. 2022. Yeah. Uh, only lasted a single season, but it is about a fictional sitcom uh, that is getting a modern day reboot. Uh, so there's some interesting meta layers happening uh, in with that. Uh, but also we, we we talked about uh, sitcoms that are maybe a little more edgy uh, in, in <laughs> that one. So uh, go go check out our conversation on reboot. Um, and uh, one of the changes that we are making to the podcast uh, this year to all of our podcasts uh, is that the Pilots Club, there will be a free version of the Pilots Club available starting in February. Um, so two years after the Pilots Club uh, is released on uh, on our Patreon, uh, it will then go free to the public on a public uh, feed that you guys can listen to whenever you want. Um, but yeah, keep an eye out for all of that stuff. Uh, right here on the review show, we ended the year last year with our Bob's Burgers holiday special. Uh, a real quick and breezy uh, two-parter Bob's bur 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 Burgers uh, thing that we did, did here. Uh, we've talked about a number of sitcoms on the show, uh, but I thought, you know, it'd be fun to do a holiday special uh, thing for our, our, our end of the 
end of the year. Um, so go check out that. Over on the Reactor Core, uh, Ignacio and myself have our thoughts on What If Season 2 up for you all to check out. Uh, so go go take a look at that. Uh, and then for the Captain's Log, uh, Melissa and I got to talk about all sorts of movies and TV shows that we caught up on over the break, uh, as well as uh, my parents wrapping their router in tinfoil. Uh, and uh, also, also in, in introducing your, your mom to wholesome memes. We, we had a great time. Uh, so, so go check out the captain's log as well. Uh, the only other bit of housekeeping that I want to mention. Also, Melissa, I haven't gotten a chance to tell you this yet. I am working to put up audio only versions of our podcast on YouTube. Um, ah. There was an e I I guess a couple months ago youtube made it po possible to import your rss feed so that whenever we publish oh. a new episode it automatically makes an audio only version and then if you have youtube music or google podcasts it will uh, it will automatically okay. appear in both of those apps so i'm working on that it is a slow process um so currently the reactor core is all up there. Uh, the captain's log is in the process of being put up on there. Uh, have not started yet on the review show because it takes so long. Um, so be on the lookout for that stuff. That Those will also be available down the road. But yeah, I think that's about it for housekeeping for right now. So... Let's get into spoilers. <clears throat> All right. Ghostbusters. Let's just go in order here. Ghostbusters, the yeah. original. Where do you want to start with this? I want to ask you if you ever thought any of the Ghostbusters were scary. Um, I don't know. I don't think so. I, if I did, I probably blocked it out of my mind. I don't remember being <laughs> scared really by Ghostbusters. I, I I think I think at first I was probably too young to really watch it, so I didn't watch it right away. But like I said, I I did like it was just everywhere. Like you couldn't avoid it. Um, mm -hmm. And so yeah, I I think I just eventually was like it was on. TV or I was at a, fr fr a fr friend's house. <sighs> Who knows? But uh, I don't think I was scared. Okay. I, don't I, know. I never I, was either. I mean, I, I remember am a big watching baby. With you are. Horror, so <laughs> I, I also <laughs> wouldn't put it past myself that maybe I did watch it when I was younger and just blocked it out of my mind. And like, this is the thing that made me a baby <laughs> for horror <laughs> <Slimer>. films. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was watching these movies truly when I was like three or four years old. <laughs> I had a okay. brother who was much older than I was. I think him and my dad liked these. And I just had to get, get dragged along for a number of 80s comedies that were <laughs> you probably wouldn't show to a small child nowadays. And I wasn't scared of them, but there was something kind of fun in how unnerving certain aspects of it were. Like when you watch the original Ghostbusters, there is something to that original that opening scene in the library where that yeah. sweet old librarian is pacing around and there's 
books are getting stacked up in weird ways. It's very mild, but it's it's effective at being mild. It's good for what it is. Sure. And, and I think when it was new, like you weren't sure what to expect. Then. Mm-hmm. And so it does feel like a, there is a haunting. There is something that's happening mm-hmm. here. And we just don't know how kind of lighthearted slash silly Ghostbusters would end up being. But mm-hmm. no. And yeah, the light. One of the things in the first movie that always stuck with me is when they talk about Dana and Lewis's apartment building and they're like, this place was built by a madman. You think it's a normal apartment building, but no, we've got the blueprints. Look closer. It's actually like a summoning portal. Something about that really got into my child brain. That and the Vigo, the Carpathian painting in Ghostbusters 2. Because you you stare at it and then it kind of like morphs and transforms. But I was so little, I don't think I got that that was figuratively what was happening and not literally. I thought it was something where... If you stared at it long enough, you would find something painted so small Mm. that you couldn't see when you're just walking past it. And like there's incredible, terrifying details hidden in the painting if you stare at it long enough. And that concept. uh, There there might be, right? The the, the concept of the painting and of the apartment building, the idea that, yeah, that thing looks normal, maybe a bit sort of odd and ornate and imposing. But if you really study it there's something wrong with that thing that yeah. thing is infernal that kind of mystery sent like very fun little chills up my spine when i was little i still love stuff like that yeah i i i, I think that's an, an interesting observation because that is also kind of where a lot of like conspiracy theories mm. sit right even like look at the dollar Bill, you think it's just <laughs> money, but take a look closer. There's like sacred symbols and all sorts mm. of stuff and the Illuminati, right? Like they're they're like I think people enjoy mysteries like, like that where it's like it looks like a normal object or a, a your your typical apartment building, but there's actually a sinister purpose behind yeah. it or there's something if you notice this detail if you look at it this angle in this light it might do this thing right um and that's that's fun that's just like ooh there's yeah. something there's something something neat here right yeah i i like that hook i like that the first two movies both have something like that mm-hmm. indeed um let me ask you this is Ghostbusters, is it a, it's not a children's franchise. How would, would you describe it as in like adult franchise, a children's one, a family? It's, I guess you could say it's for a family because there is something very simple about the premise, simple and approachable. Like I mentioned my, you know, coworkers, four-year-old son wanting to be a Ghostbuster. Sure. Like the creatures are. They're not scary, but they're like just advanced enough that maybe it makes a little kid feel brave. Like, I'm also not afraid of that ghost. Slimer yeah. looks weird, but I can I can look at Slimer. I don't have to hide behind the couch when Slimer's on TV. Yeah, he just eats food. I, I do that too. <laughs> right. That's not scary. I think We're this all is good. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is maybe a good introductory point to older movies for younger kids. Sure. I 
I'll skipping ahead to the 2016 one. I watched that and was surprised at how family friendly that one feels when I know mm. that was not part of the marketing or the aim of the thing at all. That yeah. movie's really colorful. It doesn't have the same like innuendo in it that these first two movies have. Like Kristen Wiig has that crush on Chris Hemsworth. But the way she yeah. expresses the crush is pretty clean. She just thinks he's handsome. And wants way, to, like, hug him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing really adult there. Uh, I was there's not like swearing or like everything's like goo and goop. There's no blood. Yeah. I watched the 2016 Ghostbusters and I'm like, weird. I feel like I could show this to my seven year old niece today and she would really like it. But that's yeah. not what it is for. It That's, is. I don't think that one is explicitly a family movie, but it is kind of as like a weird bonus. Seems applicable to a family movie situation. Yeah, that's that. That's why I wanted to ask you this because I, I don't think the original two are necessarily intended to be mm. like a children's franchise. I think you you could argue the entire family, but I I think it is kind of just meant to be a silly like adult film franchise mm. and not in in the, in the like it's raunchy and it's this and that it is but maybe yeah, the horniest silly, of si- the bunch but it is yeah silly right um but then yeah you get to the 2016 one and that feels very akin to the uh more recent uh haunted mansion film which is like this is sure. kind of a kid's film here um, like it's meant to be like a, a, a PG horror f- film and also for like the Disney park enthusiasts mm. who like the haunted mansion stuff. Um, and that, that was interesting to me. Cause I, 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 I don't think the original two are children's movies, but then that was my childhood. Yes. That's the same thing. It was everywhere on the the high sea you saw slimer everywhere i i I think even there's a scene in season one of the bear where he makes Mm. ecto he makes homemade ecto cooler but that's the thing is like all the characters who are our our age that's just what they call it they're not like oh you're making tropical punch it's like oh Mm. sick ecto cooler right and then and they just know it's green it's ecto cooler <laughs> i think the 80s were a time when a lot of stuff started being marketing towards kids and they were bending what could be marketed towards kids like there was sure, a robocop yeah. cartoon you can have a team <laughs> cereal yeah. like what yeah. was kid friendly had a very big range in that time and as we've gotten forward like the 90s it was a lot narrower where it's like there are kid things and there are adult things we don't all have to share the same stuff anymore but because i had a brother who was 13 years older than i am i got carried along on a lot of that stuff right yeah let me show you the things mom and dad won't show you right (laughs) (laughs) i think that is my earliest memory of watching ghostbusters is the night when mom and dad were gone and he was watching me and the little brother and he's like they're probably gonna fall asleep i want to watch this i'm putting on ghostbusters that's i stayed awake for the whole thing good good experience (laughs) yeah um 
that first movie, I also have to give a shout out to the physical performance. Um, that, oh, God, why am I blaming it? Don't my mind. Don't don't do this to me now. Um, Rick Moranis. Thank you. Yes. Wikipedia. The physical performance that he gives in this <laughs> is just walks. ridiculous. How he walks, how he runs is just wild. What he does with his face. I, man, he's having a blast in this film for sure. Um, that was one of the things that that stood out to me is is just how how much he he's he is this character. Yeah, who is this little small like annoying mm. geek? But he's also demon possessed, and so he's like walking awkwardly. <laughs> like, are you the gatekeeper? <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just, it's just kind of fun it's ridiculous um mm-hmm. yeah i i had a blast with 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 him uh there. he's fun was... i like that he go ahead i would say i like that he's annoying but he does sincerely mean well and sure, i was yeah. watching his uh interactions with dana and i'm like it's almost like he wants to be her friend more than he wants to date her like he just thinks kind she's of. cool and wants to be around her lewis has that party that he says he's throwing for all of his accounting clients and that way he gets to write it off as a business expense. <laughs> and there's this tall, buxom blonde lady at that party. And she's like, Lewis, it's kind of boring. I think I want to go home. And he's like, well, maybe we can put on some music and then we start dancing and other people dance. And she's like, OK. And the two of them just like awkwardly dance with each other for a minute. I'm like, I've always wondered, who is is that woman? What is the situation going on there? Buxom was a good word. This movie is full of just mystifying little bits like that, that maybe because I've known this movie since I was like four years old, have like stuck in my head. I love the joke where I think it's early in the movie and Egon's trying to convince Peter of something and Peter's like yeah but one time you tried to drill a hole in your head and Egon says that would have worked if you hadn't stopped me <laughs> yeah and I'm like worked to do what what was that experiment self lobotomy <laughs> trepanning yeah yeah uh they, they have all sorts of little small like that's the thing is like the movie is certainly a comedy there are some mm. moments that make me laugh out loud. I think there's a bunch of more smaller lines in yes. there that when you really examine it, they are funny. But I don't think you notice all of them. Mm. But like it's it's almost like what you were saying about the like, if you just look closer, there's other details in there. Um, mm. But that's like also I, I don't want to say this is something that makes the film not work because uh, I think it does work but i i wish i kind of noticed more of those things right of those i wish they were funnier or like just like i wish the punch line was that much more effective um but i don't know like it's also just good as it is it's i i I feel like this is one of those movies that's hard to critique because it's so ingrained in pop culture and everyone loves it like even me be, being like, I don't think these are great movies are like, but I still love them. Like, right. <laughs> they're, they're amazing. Um, yeah, it's like, like I said, these guys feel like my uncles or something. This is one yeah. of those things I've seen so much. It's like that is family. 
It's yeah. like, yeah, my dad's not so funny all the time, but he's still my dad. <laughs> Move over fast and the furious. That's family. <laughs> <laughs> this is family. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about Bill Murray in, in okay. this because I feel like he is the biggest name attached to it or the, or the one that gets talked about the most. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know if that was the case at the time. Um, maybe it was Sigourney Waver. Maybe it was Rick Moranis. I don't know. Um, but Bill Murray, I, Bill Murray is a national treasure. Is, is, is he Canadian? He is might he, be. He <laughs> might. I don't know. Uh, when I say, I, don't know where he I also from. frequently describe people as national <laughs> treasure. And in my mind, I put an asterisk after it saying I'm North American as a whole. How, treasure. How, how, how American of us to just claim it. <laughs> national <laughs> treasure. Here we go. Um, no, he he was uh, born in I- I- Illinois, so he is American. Ah, um, fellow Midwesterner. I I I love Bill Murray. He his character feels like he just does not want to be there in no. in, in in this film, which is kind of funny, but also mm. like that is kind of one of the things that almost put me off of of yes of, of it watching the film this time he's just trying to get with uh Sigourney Weaver's character the whole time um he's kind of a dick he's kind of an asshole yes. and mm. he gets the girl at the end and it's just like uh, I mean sure I, I love <laughs> Bill Murray, but this character, like, really obviously just did not want to be there. Yeah. Um, he's, he's always and like, think... all right, you do the work, <laughs> right? <laughs> now you I, do the work. I do like the sort of muttered, tossed off, very casual tone of these first two movies. Uh-huh. But I think this is something that has uh, a limited shelf life. And movies sure, where the yeah. character is not invested in the movie itself don't play so well anymore. Yeah. And like, I, I, I feel that's it's also just kind of a symptom of the times like mm. movies around this era were much more focused on plot and and making some like, hey, we have a, a cool pr- premise Right. Mm. Rather than really digging into a lot of the characters, that's not always the case. Um, But I I feel like as we've modernized, I guess, is the way uh, to Mm. say that modernized the way we look at movies and television shows, especially with the rise of television. um, Like we've we've really gotten into really good character work and let's dig deep into who these characters are. And I. I I feel like if they had given me a better reason for why he doesn't want to be there, it would be more believable um, and I would be much more OK with it because because right. I would have that understanding. But I, I think just as a product of its time, we don't get that. It's not a concern yeah. of of right. of them, of, of <laughs> the right. creators. Nowadays, right? we would have an episode about how like. Peter had a loved one who died and he learned to not love again. (laughs) He learned to build a wall between himself and the emotions of the world. And that's why he's so sarcastic all the time. 
Yeah, something like that. Um, and even just like a quick scene in the movie, I think would have made it better to to explain his character. Um, but it just it is one of those things, and that's also kind of his brand of humor. Mm. Which yeah. we've all kind of learned to ap- appreciate and have now declared him a national treasure. Um, so it like I I also can't fault him because it's like, yeah, it's Bill Murray. It, it worked. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You're the guy who does this. This is your thing. It yeah. is unreplicatable. Yeah. So that that's like the like back and forth i'm having with this i love it but there's things i'm just like this character man is is just not good (laughs) yeah he's he's uh he does become more irritating as time goes on yeah yeah Um, okay nobody has ever asked me this question but i have still determined what my answers would be okay i would fuck egon i would marry winston i would kill peter and I would adopt Ray as my adult son. Oh, man. <sighs> <laughs> you don't have to also have your answers. This is something oh. I've just been chewing on in the back of my brain for a while. <laughs> um, good Lord, that came out of nowhere, Melissa. Um, <laughs> Yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's talk about Winston because he's uh, I love him a lot. Sure. <laughs> and as a child, it always perplexed me. This movie is structurally kind of odd where you've got this core three and then like 40 minutes in, they add one more guy. And I'm like, yeah. why is he not there from the beginning or why is it not like a, a more even progression of. I guess they do sort of progress and now we're adding Janine and then we add Winston. We're building a team around us, but he's sort of this odd man out and that he's not a scientist. He just saw that these Ghostbusters were popping off and he's like, I could use a new job. Do you guys need help? I'll learn. And I like that he kind of gets into it. My favorite part of the first Ghostbusters movie is at the end after the whole fight with Gozer and the marshmallow man. And these guys have been through danger. They've had to climb up like 20 flights of stairs because the elevator was broken. Uh, They they got covered in marshmallow goo. They fought a demon. They did all of these things. And there's Winston covered in marshmallow goo, looking out at this disaster scene (laughs) after he survived it. And he says, I love this town. And that yeah. I've always found that so inspirational <laughs> that after everything that guy has gone through, the fact that he lives in New York City, a city that had a yeah. coast penthouse that was like designed to summon demons. This pl- like he <laughs> they were thrown in jail just like a couple hours ago. After all of that, he's still like, man, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy I did this. It feels like a good kind of barometer of of how everyone felt i think about the mm. movie and why it ingrained itself in pop culture because yeah it's just the whole thing is kind of ridiculous but they go on this big adventure and just like the day b- before he had no idea his life would be like that's right and now he can say like he stopped a ghost. He exploded this whole like penthouse thing, and he's covered in giant marshmallows. He's seen some weird stuff. Mm. But man, nowhere else in the world could you do something like yeah. this. 
right? And he's just like, I love it here, man. This is a wild. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that spirit. And I like that that carries through to Ghostbusters 2, which is a movie that I think is sillier. But if I had to name which one is scariest, I would also say it's Ghostbusters 2 because it reaches in such big directions that it becomes both dumber and more unnerving. Like the when they go underneath the city with like the river of pink slime, that's just such a weird image that you laugh at it. But you're also like, I am slightly creeped out by the river of pink slime. And then there's the ghost train. (laughs) That's an eerie sequence. Like the whole movie is just weirder as a whole. And you get a lot of new feelings from that. But when they decide (laughs) there's the pink slime will make people hate each other. It absorbs the the the, the crabbiness of New York City and it yeah. reflects it back tenfold. It makes it worse. And they're like, but it could also do the same with positive emotions. The slime, we can break down the slime. The slime won't be an antagonist anymore if we can get the city feeling good. What do we do? We got to wake up. We got to animate the Statue of Liberty and walk her around the city like a big kaiju and everybody will see her and they will love it. Will anybody be scared? No, absolutely not. They love her. (laughs) Here she is. Statue of Liberty came to party for New Year's Eve. (laughs) Right. I, I, as, as that scene was happening, I was hacking. What's, what's the magician's name that made it disappear? David Blaine. Yeah. Or or David Copperfield. Eat your heart out. David Copperfield. You made it disappear. (laughs) It's walking down the street here. Uh, I I have to pause this whole conversation because I just read something on Wikipedia uh, that kind of blows my mind. Um, so not only was Playboy Playmate Kimberly Heron uh, the seductive ghost in Ray's Jareem, uh, but apparently uh-huh. at the party, the porn star Ron Jeremy is in is at the what? party. <laughs> he's at Lewis's party. Yeah, he's at Lewis's party. What? <laughs> uh, Jer- I'm, even porn stars need their accounting done. Everyone needs a CPA. Right. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Sure. I just happened to see that this here. There you go. (laughs) Anyways, wild party over there at the demon apartments. Um, (laughs) Anyways, derailed this whole podcast now. (laughs) When Um, I was a kid, I'd see the Statue of Liberty walking around and I thought of my own city's monument and I imagined the St. Louis Arch just clip clopping around the city. (laughs) What did you think about uh, Sigourney Weaver's character Dana in in these first two movies here? I've always liked her. I like that she is very self-assured and confident and skeptical and will sort of like eye roll these guys away. But she does have a kind of a soft spot for them. She is empathetic to them. Mm-hmm. It's wild yeah. that she goes from being a concert cellist to being a, a painting restorationist. Yeah. She's multifaceted. She has so many skills. A, a, a creative genius in her own right. <laughs> mm-hmm. A true Renaissance woman, Dana Barrett. Yeah. Um, which also that like that's the thing about why I also want a Ghostbusters TV show. 
I want more of like, what does the everyday person think about like what it like at certain times, like the news is trying to kind of put a hush on all of this stuff. Like ghosts aren't real. Like you guys didn't Mm. see what you think you saw. It was it was a movie or it was this or it was that. Right. Like what what do the the regular people uh, think? And I I kind of want to know what happened to the violinist that she was. Yeah, we know he kind of goes off and does something else. But just like I, but what does he think of the supernatural? That's what I, mm. I, I, I want to know. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I, I think Sigourney Weaver did a great job. Uh, I like her character a lot. She's, she is. It, it's, it's funny because she is maybe one of, if not the most pleasant character to be around. She seems yes. like she is the most normal. Uh, besides yes. Ernie Hudson's char- character, right? Yeah. Um, but to to pair her up with the like, I don't want to be here. Bill Murray mm. <laughs> is is kind of an interesting choice. Uh, it's, yeah, it's the, the most serious attract and the least serious characters kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Um, and I, on on one hand, I I I don't. I think she can do a lot better than him especially since she knows that he is not good for for her she says mm-hmm. as much right um but uh d- also at like i i i think she's she's having fun too just like like to be on the, on on the set it looked like she was having fun um it, also she looked incredible that in that one scene where she's like yeah. out on that she's just like holy moly okay so there's she's so beautiful in such a specific way there's never going to be another sigourney weaver right yeah um yeah and, and and so i i think across both of these films she is one of the more fun characters to Mm-hmm. watch because she is also just the, like i'm just a normal person like i don't necessarily mm. believe in ghosts or mm. what have you what have yeah. you you scientists are weird right. with your little but like i also have enough sense that when i see something truly weird i know i need to seek help about it i'm not writing right. that off i know what i saw and that's not normal please yeah. get this out of my apartment indeed indeed um yeah, I don't know. What else? Is there something else we want to say about the first two before we move on I, to the 2016 one? Uh, I love Vigo the Carpathian. <laughs> Sorrow of Moldavia on a crown of blood. He's on a Whoever crown of skulls is, on a river of blood. He sat on a castle of pain. He's a whole that speech. That is nailed it. <laughs> I like that these first two movies are so silly, but the villains, like you've got Gozer and then you have Vigo the Carpathian, they are dead serious. They feel yeah. like villains from a far from like less a Conan the Barbarian. Yes. Like, yeah, I, good lord. <laughs> I like that contrast. Um, yeah, I think the second one is my favorite just because it's stranger. I love the haunting idea of a, a haunted painting. The baby's sure. very cute. I like to see Janine yeah. and Lewis get together. Yeah. Did uh, I, uh, I if I'm not mistaken, I think the babies in the second one are twins. 
They, since they since they you can, can only have yeah since you can on, only have like a, a a child do a certain amount of like screen time right you like you have to you have to get twins to do mm. all of that i i like that they g- 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 got a shout out in the cr- in the credits and it was like and gotta. this one and this one They're great the babies, babies. <laughs> yeah excellent performances uh, my favorite joke in the second movie is when they go to investigate the baby's nursery and Ray mm-hmm. asks Egon if he had any toys growing up. And Egon says, we had part of a slinky, but I straightened it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Just the mystery of how does your family obtain only part of a slinky? Where's like, the rest of it? How much is a part? Is this like you cut a slinky <laughs> in half? Coils, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it cut down the middle somehow and, and that way it's all it's, it's it's parts i don't know anyways uh, uh first two ghost busters a delight um 2016 yeah. what did, tell me your perspective on 2016 so, answer yeah, the call this one the, the thing i remember the most was just all of the online vitriol uh, about mm-hmm. this just the uh, the whole thing was just real stupid uh the did not I, my ghostbusters I, you're ruining ghostbusters because it's women uh i that- rented this movie off of youtube and there's youtube comments like that from just two years ago <laughs> god yeah it's so dumb um and, and it's, it's sure like it, look if you don't want to watch it don't watch it simple as that Mm. <laughs> like you did what <laughs> you don't have to do this hate it's so dumb um yeah but like even knowing how stupid that hate was going to be that the movie was probably better than it performed mm. like i i know it flopped and i just really didn't have an interest in seeing it um and so when i watched it this time i i was kind of expecting it to be bad mm-hmm. but I I didn't know in what way. And uh I I I don't think the film is great. I think it is a better made movie than the first two. Mm. However, I don't think it is better than e- e- either of the mm. first two. two. <laughs> but yeah, I I liked it more than I thought. This was a weird one because I I felt like it had two different kind of tones mm. in it that were competing for what this movie could have been. Uh, on one hand, yeah, like I mentioned before, it feels more like a children's movie in in terms of like uh, the like the whole thing starts with this like haunted hotel, and it's the one actor who's in I don't remember his name. Uh, he's in the I, office. He's in season two of the after party on he's on in Apple Veep. TV. I I don't remember yeah. his name either, but I know that guy. Yes, he's he's great. Yeah, but that stuff just felt like the the uh, more recent like haunted mansion kind of kids mm. horror comedy uh stuff. But then the the team of Ghostbusters themselves, these four women. And so, like it felt like it felt like they wanted it to be the like raunchy adult comedy. And I think I would have loved it if it was that. 
but it wasn't. They couldn't make the horny jokes. They couldn't really cuss like they probably wanted to. They pro like it like it. There was something about their dynamic and their chemistry as a team that was like that this would be really, really good if this truly was like mm. more focused towards adults and was just this like raunchy comedy. It is interesting that this one comes like the original Ghostbusters is from 84. I think Ghostbusters 2 is from like 1990. Mm -hmm. uh, you and I both born in 1990. You were saying yep. we grew up in this world where Ghostbusters was like on kids lunch boxes and stuff. Yeah. So the 2016 one does come at a time where Ghostbusters, even though it was never intended to be, has become something that is supposed to be family friendly. It became that. Yes. So yeah. I do wonder if that is something that the movie came in, maybe trying, trying to do more to purposefully. Do, yeah. People are um, our like age said, now maybe have some kids and they can, mm. you, you know, be like, hey, this was a franchise that I loved when I was a kid. Right. Um, yeah. And like I said, it didn't feel like that at the beginning. It's like I'm too I'm almost done with the movie. And I'm like, wait a minute. Nobody's really sworn or made a yeah. dick joke this whole time. Yeah. This is, yeah. This is relatively tame. Absolutely. Yeah. But like, that's the thing, especially with the way that they are all just kind of oogling Chris Hems Hemsworth. Right. You you'd feel like there's there. There must be something where where is the Snyder cut of 2016? <laughs> we want the we want the R rated 2016 <laughs> Ghostbusters film. So I I rented it off YouTube and I realized after I rented it that it was labeled director's cut and it was like. 10 or 15 okay. minutes longer than the runtime when I just looked up the movie on Google. So I don't I know if the I, scene I'm. I think I watched the same one. The Okay. One. Okay. So if we watch the same scene, one of Kristen Wiig's university colleagues comes to the Ghostbusters HQ and she's talking to him. And then it's the other Ghostbusters who are standing back and they're making fun of what a dork that guy is. Yeah. And they're talking about how they bet he's a really lame dancer. Yeah. Which is, which has some fun bits with them mocking how he would dance. <laughs> yeah. But now that we <laughs> talk great. about it, I'm like, yeah, why, why are they talking about how he would dance and not how he would have sex? <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It like, I, I it's especially like I, I know I've mentioned this movie to you recently because mm. you were interested in the genre about like women hijinks or we have to find a better female name buffoonery. Of, of yes. Yeah. Um, it, it, it like it feels like it could have been one of the those, but Joy Ride is exactly mm. that. And this it, it feels like they could have had some stuff like that where they, they talk more because they're. Uh, God, what's her name? Who did the uh, the Egon like character who at one point oh, alludes to her being crazy? Kate McKinnon. Yeah, she her, she was my favorite character yes, of the yeah. bunch. Loved her. She was awesome. Uh, I think at one point maybe alludes to being on something on drugs or <laughs> or or something in that. Uh, it's not like a like I'm on cocaine, but it like it just mm. like this where like are you implying that you're on like yeah. I feel it just it feels like it wanted to be either one of those things, but couldn't quite. And so it just 
wound up somewhere in the middle. It was completely tame, mm. but you could still see where it was. It, it would have been yes. a little raunchier, right? Um, I don't know, but like I, I, I think the best thing that I can say about that movie is that in the best way possible, I think it did the same thing that The Force Awakens tried mm. to do which I, I in in general i'm not a huge fan of the 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 sequel trilogies of star wars i did like that first one though because mm. it's hitting all of the same plot beats to be like man i remember like it it has the nostalgia for 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 people our age who have seen the original but it's a new story new characters mm. But it's it it just it still has those same plot beats. There's like this mirror image of it, so to speak. Um, and I think it did a really good job doing that of like portraying the original, but also being its own thing at the same yeah. time. Right. Yeah. I think that is maybe one of the things it suffered from is that. It was a re like a soft remake of the first one. And I do remember folks saying like, what, why remake this and not just make an original story that's vaguely in that same vein? Right. Um, yeah. It is odd that it borrows a similar structure to the first Ghostbusters. Cause I'm like, that's, that's not like that's a classic liked, though. structure that you study in film school. <laughs> it <laughs> right, also yeah. is the thing where it's like, here's these three scientists uh, and, and one black blue collar worker who shows up 40 minutes in and decides yeah, so to join the team. That's maybe where it kind of breaks down is they they took the the format, the formula, maybe a little too seriously. Mm. Right. And it's it, it, it's like I, I, I don't even feel like and I don't remember her name, but I've seen her in a a bunch of stuff but i don't even feel like they were trying to be like and we'll have a black woman on this for diversity's sake I, it, it just it feels like the we're following the formula of the first one we have to have I the think like these i don't think melissa mccarthy was a regular snl player but the rest of them were like i think that is the pool this is pulling from is the way Ghostbusters assembled a bunch of comedy stars of the time that were friends with each other and ran in the same circles. Let's do that today. Let's pull some SNL actors, some people who have worked together before, Leslie uh, Jones including Leslie. Name. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I do like that. We see her. She uh, like is a ticket taker or whatever. Like she works for the, the subway yes. system and she sees something weird. And then she goes to the Ghostbusters like, can I have your help? And, oh, I'm interested yes. in what you do here, because I think they do a great job of setting her up before we see her interact with the other characters. She's really lonely there in her little ticket booth. She's like talking at the passengers, like walking past her, but nobody acknowledges <laughs> yeah. her. So she goes to the Ghostbusters for help. And then she's like, oh, I would love to have a career change where I have friends. Where right. I'm working with people and I'm not alone, which is, I think, the greatest strength of the 2016 Ghostbusters is that it has a much stronger sense of friendship among yeah. the Ghostbusters. Like the earlier two movies have got 
the sense of familiarity. There's nice moments like uh, Ray and Winston driving home from that one gig and it's dawn and they're talking about Judgment Day. Yeah, <laughs> it's a nice moment of of connection. But I feel on the whole that these this set likes each other more than the original set. Yeah. And that like one of the major conflicts is that Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy used to be friends and had a falling out and they're they're trying to reconnect. Uh, yeah, the and original that's... Ghostbusters get famous when they become Ghostbusters, like they're on the cover of Time magazine or whatever. They're dancing at the local clubs but in this movie, there's less of a sense of fame and more of a sense of community where at the end of the movie, New York City like puts up all these signs, which is kind of cheesy. But I like the emotion of we are grateful for the Ghostbusters. Thank you, Ghostbusters. And all the mm-hmm. women are like, wow, it feels good to be appreciated, not it feels good to be famous. Yeah, yeah, it's it's an interesting one. Uh, you mentioned the 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 scene where we see Leslie Jones's character. Uh, that is what I'm talking about for like what I wished they had given Bill Murray. Right. The mm. like, here's just a one small scene. It doesn't explain much, but it helps to just understand who she is as a character. She yes. is this mta worker she sits there talking to people that don't look at her or respond to to Mm. to her right and just kind of hates this job and she she knows the graffiti artists that are are in Mm. there and like talks to to them like they are part of her job Mm. there um it 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 really dares you to her character uh, whereas if she just kind of showed up out of the blue, it'd be like, all right, that's fine. But I guess I just don't know anything about you. Right. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I like that, that, that movie did that. It put those scenes mm-hmm. in, in there that we do have this, like, I'm, I like, don't release this book. The, what do you mean? The book is already out. Like, I, yes. how did I not know this? Like there's, there's yeah. stuff. To give you dynamics of who these characters are and what they want and stuff like that. So like they let uh, Kate McKinnon's character be a real mystery, but they do give the other three a sense of context for Mm -hmm. why they are doing what they are doing. Yeah, I want to talk about Chris Hemsworth. Sure. As their dumb, dumb receptionist. I. I really like his performance. I love that he is just so understated. He's saying everything so simply and so matter of factly. They are looking at him like he is this weird aberration in nature. And to him, it's just Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a great performance. Uh, He's he's fun to watch. I like when he gets to get out and do uh, other mm. things besides Marvel stuff because he he just he plays an incredible yeah. Thor too, and he has worked so hard to not be typecasted in mm. that kind of role. I know he's done some like serious drama stuff since all mm. of, of that, but even this where he just gets to be a doofus. Right. It's yes. just is great. I mean, Thor is also kind of a doofus too. But this but is it, next it, it, level. It, it, in a different this is, way. Right. Yes. This is the most doofus you've maybe ever seen. Yeah. 
I, I, feel, I feel like this Chris Hemsworth character would get along great with Drax. They, they, they would just, they, they'd be the, the, the himbos of the universe, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I like the bit where he's tried to brainstorm logos for this new set of Ghostbusters. And one of them, like one's a ghost with big boobs, uh, which is maybe the raunchiest joke that the movie yeah, has. I can make the one of up. them. What? <laughs> I also love that he is Australian and yeah. this is never discussed or questioned. He's another mystery <laughs> character like Kate McKinnon's where it's like, where did you come from? Why are you like this? One of his logos is like a clip art of a house. And then a clip art of a hot dog above the house. Yes. And he says, well, the fact that the hot dog is floating indicates that a ghost is holding it. <laughs> Great. And then Kate McKinnon asks him, what's with the hot dog? And he says, oh, I just like him. <laughs> Which is a sound is... clip. I want us to cut this out and put it on our soundboard. What's board. with the hot dog? I just like him. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's also one of the moments that I feel like could have been raunchier i feel like the look on on her face when she asks him like what's with the hot dog like is 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 like hey you're a little weird uh are you gay like i i i feel like there's that kind mm. of subtext underneath that he just goes i just like them i just like yeah. hot dogs <laughs> there's a joke in this movie that i have thought about for years where Melissa McCarthy's character uh, keeps getting takeout from this one restaurant and she tries to order wonton soup. And what they bring her is just broth in a tub. There's like one wonton. <laughs> right. There's like part. It's hollow. She's like, it doesn't even have filling in it. It's just the wonton wrapper. It's broken. Half. And then There's two parts. <laughs> right. And then at the end of the movie, after the Ghostbusters have saved New York City, the same delivery guy, uh, Karen Sony from the Deadpool movies comes back and brings her a tub that is full of dumplings. Like it's not dumpling soup. It's just dumplings crammed in there that are slightly wet because there's a little bit of broth on them. So he's like making up for all the times he brought her a, a failure of a soup. And she looks at it and she says, all I ever wanted was an appropriate amount of dumplings. And I... <laughs> Yeah, I feel like that is how I react to the amount of women that are in movies. I just want an appropriate number of them. It doesn't <laughs> like this is a sample size of four, which is an appropriate sample size. But like, you know, in Avengers Endgame during that big final battle, when every female superhero teams up together because like you the audience are supposed to look at them and say, look at all the female superheroes, even though. In the context of the scene, when it's a life and death battle, I don't think so any of them have the space there? to yeah. think about that. Right. If you need to save the world, I'm not saying you can't, you're not all capable and you can't all do it, but you do not have room to think, let's get all the ladies in here. Dr. Strange, <laughs> goodbye. No men allowed in this particular fight. I get and that weird, itchy a, it's, it's, feeling. It's just like one shot. Like, let's just get this superhero right. shot of them walking. <laughs> And there's like 15 of them. And I thought of that line. All I ever wanted was an appropriate amount of dumplings. <laughs> it, it also feels like something you would just say, 
Like I, I would yeah. say something dumb on the captain's log and you'd just be like, I just want an appropriate amount of de- of dead de- de- uh-huh. dumplings. Uh, I think the other part of that joke is also fantastic that their headquarters is literally upstairs and they still yes. make them deliver it upstairs. <laughs> it's like, you just go downstairs? Good right. Lord. It still takes an hour to get yeah. the food to walk it upstairs. That is a so fun dumb. set piece. I think the production design in the 2016 movie is really strong. The movie is so colorful mm-hmm. in a way that none of these other movies are. Yeah. Everybody's got these fun costumes. I tried to go for a bit of a Melissa McCarthy look myself with like the blouse buttoned all the way up and the high pony and Kate McKinnon looks so cool. And Patty's got the goggles, big necklace. Yeah. It's his Patty. She does look stylish. I, I, this movie's got a lot of style to it. I think it picks neat set pieces like this uh, abandoned storage room at the top of a a Chinese restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, you have the New York City backdrop that they're able to use more fully than I think the first two movies did. Giant Statue of Liberty aside, like they have a, a Times Square fight and they're able to yeah. put fun Easter eggs in it, like the billboard for Twinkies. Mm hmm. Yep. I indeed, I think indeed. this the 2016 one has a couple like smart echoes of what the first two movies had. Like there's a scene where Kristen Wiig panicked, like runs into a restaurant that feels like Rick Moranis trying to bang on the walls of the tavern on a gr- on the that, green because he's been eating chased by a, a devil a dog. Great bit. Yeah. Just like, oh, she thinks it's a door. Oh, she thinks right. all of those are doors. <laughs> <laughs> For for yeah. the times when I was perplexed about why are you fall like why is this structurally have to be the same? There are some nice, more subtle nods to what came before. Yeah, indeed. I, what did I, you think about I the think cameos? I I thought they were okay. I did. Yeah. This was one I I it, it in this kind of movie where they are rebooting everything and still trying to pay homage it is nice to get the cameos in there somehow some way but it's also the kind of remake where they've they've really kind of moved on from the original and that i i think i think even in the way uh bill murray's character just kind of gets knocked out the window as much as i didn't like his character in the first two movies right it almost feels disrespectful. It it they're just like we're just getting them out of here, right? Like let's just get them out. Ah, um, uh, and I don't know if it's I I don't maybe think some it things is were disrespectful scr- or meant to be right, or some things might have been scripted, and then they found out oh we're able to get that actor in on this day to do a yeah. cameo. We don't really have time to rewrite the scene. Yeah, it's like I'm I'm fine with them all. I guess I don't really have any kind of actual critiques on that also mm-hmm. shout out to the the little cameo of sam richardson who plays the cop yeah. uh, down by the i don't know even what building he was in but uh yeah great to see him for like two seconds mm-hmm. uh even though he's not involved with the ghostbusters stuff beyond no. this um yeah that was it. It, it it was fine i i, I think this is a better made movie i don't think it's a better 
movie than the first mm-hmm. two. Like I, if if we're talking like memorable stuff, I feel like I'm going to remember the older ones more yeah. than this. Um, but I I I think it's actually kind of successful at what they were trying yeah, to do. I think so. I I think they maybe stuck a little too close. Uh, yeah. To to what mm-hmm. they did, which is I think maybe why I liked the the Ghostbusters Afterlife mm-hmm. as much as I I I did because that one it feels different. It's a different setting. It's new characters, but it's still in the same continuity as the first two. Mm. Um, it it feels like it's they they do mirror certain things about the plot of the the first one but not in the way that the 2016 was like Mm. we're just gonna take Mm. the same structure here it's just it feels more like homages rather than like a copy and paste kind Mm. of thing here um so yeah what did you think of ghostbusters afterlife i this is the first movie in this Ghostbusters series that does deal with the concept of afterlife. It is the first movie where they are dealing with a really (laughs) looking at a ghost is a loved one of somebody's family who died. Like there's not a lot of respect for the dead in the earlier three movies because it really doesn't have to be. That's not the angle of this thing. It is supposed to be a fun comedy. Uh, I remember when the trailer first came out and it was called Ghostbusters Afterlife. I'm like, that is a fresh approach. This does seem like the time to take that closer look at what does it mean when you have lost a loved one in a world where ghosts are real? Yeah, I think they do a nice job with that. I think the movie's emotionally successful. Uh, So we are with new characters, legacy characters. So it's like Egon's daughter who we've never heard about previously and her kids moving to this little farm in Oklahoma where apparently Egon moved to uh, after the second movie and started Oklahoma. getting up to weird things. Man yeah. is hitting it big in cinema over the past couple years from Killers of the Flower Moon to this to Marvel's Echo uh, is, yeah. is in Oklahoma. Twisters. Um, yeah, twisters. They they shot that here recently. Um, I'm I'm trying to get down. So we have a Native American like history m- museum here. Uh, yes. I'm trying to get down to that soon because I'm I'm curious. I think they might have something with Echo, like so, like oh. some, something related to Echo here. I, I don't know, but just like Oklahoma, man, man, everything is being shot and found here. Who knows? It's a beautiful state. I have really enjoyed the times I've been to Oklahoma. Uh, I do like that we get a change of set piece. The trade off is that it's like I watched this very soon after I watched the 2016 one, which is so colorful. And this one feels kind of drab in comparison. Yeah. Uh Yeah. Which isn't bad on its own. Like I said, I think if I had watched this movie at a different time in a different context, I would have gotten slightly more out of it. I was kind of perplexed that there are a lot of elements, particularly in the climax that are just picked up from the first Ghostbusters and put here. They're not trying to do their variant of it. They don't have a villain like Gozer. They have Gozer. (laughs) And I'm like, why is Gozer back? 
it's the it's the continuation yeah. right it, it it is not the uh like hey we're doing a different ghost or a new thing but hey remember the first ghostbusters they got rid of ghoster but only for a little while turns out egon stumbled upon some bigger conspiracy and it was so big that the others thought he had gone crazy and just kind of it's like, all right, dude, uh, we're Ghostbusters no more. We're throwing out our proton packs, right? Um, mm. And in a sense, I do actually kind of find that believable, though. Um, okay. Especially within Ghostbusters 2, you see the scene of them doing birthday parties, right? Mm, mm. There, There is this sense of, uh, yeah, we, we, we kind of got all of the ghosts that we know of. Um, and they just didn't have anything else to do. So maybe they did some birthday parties, but it did. Right. Who, who wants to keep that mm. up? Um, yeah. And so they all just kind of moved on, uh, is, is the thing here. And I, I, yeah, I, I, I like that. I, I think that makes sense. It is just kind of a sad reality of life that that's sometimes how relationships wind up you just kind of grow yeah. apart you just kind of mm-hmm. go your own separate ways and so yeah i felt this movie was much more grounded uh yes. and, i mean it is still a silly ghostbusters movie but uh it it has an emotional weight to it that i think does not just play on nostalgia there is a lot of that mm-hmm. but yes still just like yeah, you know what? Ghostbusters is for every, everyone. A kid can be a it Ghostbuster. Yeah, you can I have like a new that. generation of Ghostbusters. Yeah. yeah. I do like that anyone of any age, if you've got the tools and you've got the talent, you can be a Ghostbuster. I do love yeah. that. Mm-hmm. There's the scene where Paul Rudd goes to the Walmart and all the Stay Puffed <laughs> marshmallows come to life. Yeah. And Paul Rudd is a tremendous comedic talent. I thought the marshmallow little, little guys, they're truly like two inches tall. They're cute on their own. But I'm like, marshmallows coming to life is not, it's a part of the film's like pop culture legacy, but it is not a core part of the mythology within the film. Gozer's just like, choose the form of the destructor. And Ray panics and thinks of a marshmallow. Like that was not part of it before he thought of it. So I was perplexed, like, Within the story, why are the marshmallows back? Did Gozer like just adopt she's, that as all of humanity's form of a destructor? All yeah, humans she, must be scared of these. She has no other reference point. Like she's she's only been to to to, to Earth for like a total of five minutes. Um, so she, just when when she says like take the form of their dis- dis- destroyer, and it becomes the state puff marshmallow man when she starts to make a comeback the second time it makes sense it's like oh yeah they're destroyer marshmallows <laughs> I, I i guess i was like i said i watching all of these in quick succession the repetition of certain elements started to prickle at me because i'm like the original ghostbusters is not like joseph campbell's the hero's journey it is not a sacred text where right, it's like yeah, yeah, must yeah do the marshmallows again this is a storytelling rule yeah which i mean i hope hopefully that will be the case for frozen empire right um, when i first saw that trailer i'm like uh 
New York City's covered in ice. That's kind of strange. But thinking about it now, I'm like, great. We have not seen that before. Ice is new to the franchise. Frozen over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I I just I, I, I hope that they could use afterlife as kind of a jumping off point to do their own thing and and I would start like making that. their their new their new l- legacy uh with with this because yeah i re- really liked ghostbusters afterlife um what was the actress's name grace something right uh um, oh, mckenna grace the little kid yeah that is a good performance like that character she keeps phenomenal trying to- keeps trying to tell these very very dumb jokes like kind of on purpose as an icebreaker and this young performer does such a great job of just reading them <laughs> just so flat just reading just so them. matter that, of fact like yeah that's it she's reading them yeah um I, like that i think is kind of the bait and switch that i also like about this is that mm. i when i remember the trailer coming out and seeing it um I I do was like oh Finn Wolfhard is in this oh okay yeah, yeah. so they're go, 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 going off the success of Stranger Things it's now a group of younger kids who are doing this that that I'm cool with but I was kind of expecting Finn to be the main character the main actor yeah. and he's not and I like that I I like that it's mm-hmm. like sure he might help get you in the seat just by his name alone if you like stranger things but let's introduce you to McKenna Grace mm. cuz she is the real star of the mm. um and I'm just here for Carrie Coon yeah she also did f- phenomenal I uh, I this review we really show loved alumni. her in the leftovers I speak for both of us we <laughs> declare loved her in the leftovers and she's in a similar enough vein here where she's just a a sad middle-aged woman struggling to hold it all together yeah which is what i like when i looking back on the entertainment i loved when i was a little kid i've realized very little of it featured other little kids and i really yeah. just wanted to see what adults were doing and whenever I see a modern reboot or revisit of a thing I loved when I was a kid, like the Good Burger, uh, Good Burger 2, I'm like, oh, there's teens in it now. I don't I don't I'm like, I don't think teens, Gross I don't think kids teenagers. need other kids. <laughs> I don't think youths need other youths as much as Hollywood thinks we need them. I, I've always wanted just a, to adults, aspirational adults and I know if I was a little kid, I, my favorite part of it also still would have been Carrie Coon. Interesting. interesting. Not that the kids aren't doing a good job. I appreciate podcasts. Yes. Dedication to his craft. Yeah. Uh, that's what, what I was, who I was about to ask you about right now. What did you think of podcast? The character I, podcast, the ride, the show. <laughs> <laughs> no. Every time a podcast is referenced in a movie, it is typically this vein. It is true crime or conspiracy theories. It's like movies don't think our podcast exists. I never see one that's like us. (laughs) We talk about movies, but movies don't talk about us. Right. There's (laughs) nobody in a movie has a podcast about movies. Oh, well. (laughs) 
but the, the the one thing that I did like and I noticed about his character and the inclusion that he is making a podcast, Melissa. I'm I think I'm happy to announce that we are past the age where when someone yes. mentions a podcast, the immediate response is not what's a podcast. Oh, it's yes. You know, it's like a radio show, but on demand. So you can listen to it. Mm-hmm. You know what? Just yeah. yeah. Who, who cares? Like that's that's for that's what it was for so long. And I was expecting that in some way, shape or form. And we did not get that. He's like, I have a podcast. And I goes, cool. I'll have to check it out some time. And I'm just like, yeah, we made it. Go team. <laughs> we did it. And it podcast represents an important benchmark in history. That is true. Podcast is progress. Absolutely. Um, (laughs) I do like that you never learn about his family. He's just out there on his own. He never seems to go home. His parents aren't worried about him. I do like that. I like when there's a character who just seemingly comes from nowhere. That feels like a like a not a shout out, but a a, a a tip of the hat to old cartoon cartoons like ed and mm. eddie where it's like where are the parents in this situation right. like, I like what that, is happening i like that his, his name is what he likes like he's in the burger king kids club yep. where there's like a kid who plays basketball who's just called hoops <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, indeed indeed uh gary gruberson how do you think about that name for paul rudd Gary Gruberson. That's not silly enough. Like they really? make such a joke out of it. It should be more preposterous. I don't know. I I I feel like it's it's it, it, I feel like it's the right amount of silly. And I, I I think that because his character is just kind of a goober. He's a goober. He is a goober. He's a Gruberson. He's the son of a Gruber. <laughs> I like I it's just it, I think it fits Paul Rudd. Um, I like that in this one, another one of the homages to the original film instead of Sigourney Weaver being the one that's like sprawled out on yes. the rock. It's him instead. Yeah, instead I, right. I it's not like Carrie that. Coon that's on that's on there. It's it's him. It's just like, oh, my Lord, favorite, this is dumb. <laughs> my favorite detail in Ghostbusters Afterlife is. I it was kind of frustrated that we're doing some of the same stuff again. Like there's another key master and another gatekeeper. But in the first movie, when Sigourney Weaver is the gatekeeper and like Peter opens her apartment door and she's wearing that like shimmery, like see-through chiffon dress. I'm like, was did Dana just have that in her closet? Like, did this manifest with the possession or did like possessed Dana look through her closet for what's yeah. my most ethereal garment that I can put on. And I like that when that happens to Carrie Coon in this movie, we see her transform into the dress and I'm yeah. like, Oh, there's my answer. This movie knows <laughs> I was also wondering about that. So I do appreciate that forethought a lot. Yeah. Um, let's see. Let's see what else I, yeah, I, I, I like the character work. It does feel like they're building a franchise with this rather than let's just do one movie and see if it's successful mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. which i i, it, I think I, spells out a, a, a confidence that they have yeah in, in this um i think they knew that the time was right for 
and not to like when I also rented this off of YouTube, which is how I rent most things that aren't streaming because I'm just already on YouTube anyway. Yeah. I, there were comments that were like, lol, this movie's just acting like the 2016 one doesn't exist. And I'm like, well, it's it's not like negating it. That one was always a separate still continuity. Yeah. Right. I, I think you can go back and do a sequel to the first two movies. There is no need to acknowledge the 2016 one, but you're not ignoring it. It's, it's like there's two distinct separate branches here. I don't think either is disrespecting either one of them. Guys, we at this point in time, we understand the multiverse. Get over it. Yes. Like. Yeah. You have both. Um, I think they do recognize that it's it's time to try this again, to try this being an ongoing series again. We have seen Ghostbusters does persist with the younger generations. They do yeah. seem to like it. Uh, we are in a time of for better, for worse, a lot of nostalgia for that 80s time period. This does mm -hmm. fit right in with a lot of other stuff that's happening now. Something about Ghostbusters Afterlife that kind of frustrated me is that I didn't feel. I was like, I know this family loves each other, but they don't seem to really like each other. Again, watching it so soon after the 2016 one where I'm like, oh, it's refreshing how much there's a real sincere friendship among this group of Ghostbusters that we didn't necessarily have in the first one. Then to go to this movie where it's like, I don't think this family spends time together. Like everybody's got their own separate, I, separate storyline. There's not a lot of interaction. There's not a lot of like bonding moments. There weren't a lot of time. Yeah. It's, I, it's Carrie Coon up to her father. And, um, and, and then like the little Phoebe, Phoebe up to her grandfather. There's like one straight line down that I do appreciate. It's mm -hmm. like both of them connecting to Egon and less of them connecting to each other. But that does give us some place to go in Frozen Empire. Maybe Frozen Empire yes. has all of the sweet family bonding. I felt like I was missing an afterlife. To me, it like I, I agree with you. They, they all kind of did their own thing, but I think it's believable. I, I think it makes sense, right? They are. Broke. It does. They're out of money. They're kind of getting evicted from their other place. They have to move into this just run down house in the middle of nowhere. And uh, Finn, I forget his character's name. Trevor. Um, yeah, tre tre Trevor. Uh, like, that makes sense, right? He is a teenager. Uh, in in the midst of like, I want to be cool. I want to discover girls. I want to. And he's like, I'm poor. Like, I don't want to be the age that mm -hmm. I am. That's why he lies about his age. He wants to impress yeah. the girl. But he also doesn't want to have anything to do with his mom. Like, his mom is deeply uncool to to mm -hmm. to to him. Uh, his sister is also like a weirdo because she's super into science and does all and he like he's just not really into that stuff in the same way and his mom mm. can't understand her either because she's also not into the science because she kind of had a falling out with her 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 dad because she did right like all of this i think makes sense but it it was this experience of them being these ghost busters that I think brought them together as a family that I think going forward in uh frozen empire will, I, I think, I think you will get that like, Hey, we're a family now. 
I do. I, I would like to see that. I look forward to that. I do like when Carrie Coon believes like my dad ran off. He never really cared about me. And then she finds the wall in his workshop. That's all photos of her with notes from him. And it's really sweet. But the notes are also absolutely Egon where it says stuff like age six freckle count has doubled. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so dumb. Um, man. Uh, Yeah, I like I this one just it, it felt really, really different to, to me. I've already mentioned that it felt like what if Stephen King did a, a, mm-hmm. a, a Ghostbusters uh, <laughs> film. But I think at the end of the day, uh, it kind of comes down to it, it might come down to how you feel about the inclusion of Egon's ghost in this. What did you think of the inclusion of his ghost here? I I did watch a video that talked about how that was always part of the plan among, you know, the original cast and writers was, oh, we'd love to do a sequel someday where the original Ghostbusters are dead and are ghosts. Mm. So when they're using his when they've made the digital ghost of Harold Ramis, uh, it is something that they he, he apparently always had an idea of, oh, when we make another Ghostbusters, that's what's going to be. I'll be a ghost. We'll all be ghosts. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's, I do like that he doesn't say anything. He just sort of appears yes. and, and will like smile or, or nod or something. He acts a lot like the force ghosts in Star Wars, which is not typically what the ghosts in this franchise have done. I do appreciate we are expanding into different types of ghosts. I really hope we learn more about like, was Slimer a person once? Did Slimer just look like you? And then yeah, he right. devolved into Slimer form the longer he was a ghost? Why do they all look different? Why does Egon look the way he looks opposed to these other ones? Right. Yeah. Really hope we learn. Yeah. Um, again, that's where a TV show would shine, right? It yeah. explains some of this stuff. Um, yeah, I, I, I think with the inclusion of Egon's ghost, th- these kind of situations are always tricky, right? Because mm-hmm. I think to an average movie goer, uh, they may or they, they probably don't know if they had permission from the family or the estate to like use his likeness uh, in this or not. That was something I, I did not know if they had it or not. Um, but. I almost don't know if they needed it. I I I feel like I would have gotten the same emotional pull, the same emotional gut punch uh just from like if if all all you saw was his hand kind of reaching down. Like I don't think they needed to do it. Um, he he does stick around longer than I thought he would. I knew this was in the movie right. and I was surprised that there are several minutes of Ghost Egon. Yeah, and he hugs everyone, all of that. You get to say your goodbye, which I get it. it like That's also a nice thing, especially since he had mm. passed away only a handful yeah. of years before. It It is saying goodbye to him, which I, I, I like yeah. it is beautiful. And I don't mm-hmm. want to take away from that. 
but also like yeah, we're in is, that time period where it's like should we have really brought leia back in that one thing should we have really done this should we do like do we all need to yeah, be brought back i understand like that it it is troubling as a whole but i think this specific example uh feels the most fitting the most yeah, sincere i agree you know it is done with love by people who knew him uh, it says for Harold, which I expected to be the very final bit of the movie. And then there's some bit after that, which there's is like not how a tribute is typically scenes, structured. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Harold Remus is from St. Louis and he is a star on the St. Louis Walk of Fame. And I remember after he died, there were a lot of uh, little tributes and a lot of Ghostbusters themed things there for him. That's fun. That's good. Mm hmm um did you catch that one of the end credit songs was sung by mckenna Gugares? i did see this yeah did not know Fine that song. But I recognized her vo 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 voice immediately um good for you like, she's the, singing that the end <laughs> the end credit song for the 2016 one is a fallout boy song which feels like a cop out like they got scared that people were angry about girl ghostbusters and they're like we'll get a boy band to do the song the band's gonna have boy in the name <laughs> does that fix it how do you the feel out of boys <laughs> i thought it was kind of an odd choice but yeah i like her haunted house song okay yeah. um uh, Did you say that the very originally not written for Ghostbusters? She had written it before, before, oh. and they were just like, "Hey, can we use this?" She was like, "Sure." Very, how serendipitous! Yeah. Did you stay to the very end of Ghostbusters Afterlife? I did. Yes. I liked the scene at the end where you see um, Janine and Winston talking to each other. Which seeing it now, I'm like, weird that these two have never had more scenes together because they are both the outsiders at Ghostbusters yeah. HQ. They are the you know, just plain everyday workers who came there looking for a job. So the fact that they would have a more specific friendship than the others makes a lot of sense. I'm happy we get to see this now. And there's something that must be a deleted scene with her character talking to Egon so we can fit in this last little bit of harold ramus you've never seen before mm -hmm. and she's like flashing back to the deleted scene and it comes out of that and she still has like a keepsake that she had in that scene i think that's an an interesting use of of something that maybe otherwise would have sat on a shelf forever i think that's right, a nice yeah. tribute that's fun and apparently after his success with the ghostbusters winston was like I had the tools and I had the talent like being a Ghostbuster really empowered me. And I started I started my financial business with just one other employee. And I'm like, they're not saying it was Lewis Tully, but I know it was Lewis Tully. <laughs> like, even if maybe Rick Moranis is retired from acting and was like, oh, no, thanks. I don't wish to come back. You can kind of feel the presence of Lewis here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I like that. He's like, I bought the firehouse if there's new ghostbusters they can have that firehouse back and that i think is is also not only them heading up the next movie and stuff like that but also yeah can can they franchise this like i said can they make a show can they make another like spin-off movie is there like oh, ghostbusters new like, york is there ghostbusters st louis is there ghostbusters exactly. los angeles <laughs> 
Right. I thought you meant within the story. Could these Ghostbusters create Ghostbuster squads in other cities? Can we see I mean, Ghostbusters sure. yes. Chicago? Yeah. 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 There, there, there is that. Can he can he be the one that finances them uh, throughout the the, you know, but also, yeah, like, do do we dive into that side more in a TV show? Do we do something else? Is this something in the movie that we'll explore? Who knows? Um, but I'm excited to see where it goes. Nonetheless. Yeah. So. I enjoyed this journey. The first two are old favorites of mine that it always feels good to revisit. I, I think 2016 as a whole is middling, but the stuff it does well, I think it sincerely does very well. It's mm-hmm. worth a watch. Like I said, it's oddly family friendly, throw it on for a, a child near you. And afterlife, I I think it is a it is made with a lot of love and and yes. there is skill there. It looks good. It doesn't have the color palette, but it's shot well. Mm-hmm. So and having uh, taking it back to New York City, it, it's a sort of push and pull between when is it a loving when is this an homage I want to see and when is it repetition that I don't want to see? Right. New York City is a place that changes all the time. Like in this trailer, where there was part of it on Coney Island. I'm like, Mm -hmm. well, we've never been to Coney Island. This place is ever changing and huge. So New York City has like a thousand faces and we can get to see a face we've never seen before. I like that. And we've never seen ice. (laughs) Ice, refreshing and new. What if we get to the point in our own timeline where CSI no longer exists and we don't have all those CSI spinoffs but we have Ghostbusters spinoffs and it's Ghostbusters, NYPD, Ghostbusters, special victims, Ghostbusters, (laughs) Sydney, right? Yeah. Special Um, ghost unit. (laughs) I think that would be fantastic. Um, But yeah, that's kind of all of my thoughts on the Ghostbusters stuff. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it as well. Uh, Melissa, I am about to pull up our bingo sheets for the year. First bingo of the new year. Yeah, let's get this up on screen. Okay, here we go. Here's our bingo cards right now. Um, we, I just made mine last night. Melissa, I know you probably made yours like a week ago. Um, Uh and let's see, I... What stuff do we have? So, we, Melissa, you and I talked about this off screen, but I since I made mine last night, I think one of the things I have on my card is kooky office lady who. Yes. Which I is, could have. I, I wrote it down one. inspired by Janine, but I'm like, because I am watching Ghostbusters right now, I'm putting this on our list of bingo tropes for the future, but I think yeah. it is ineligible for this year. When you yeah. knew Janine was on the table. So I'm 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 going to keep kooky office lady on there, but I'm not going to mark it yet. I'm going to okay, try and find it You have to wait until we get a else. second one. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Um. So I'm not going to read through all of the things we have on our cards because uh, that would take forever. And we've already been recording mm-hmm. for almost two hours now. Uh. But we have a whole bunch of new things on our cards. They're not the same ones we had last year. Um, all, all kinds of interesting uh, stuff here. Uh, let's see. Did we get a 
Did we get a cow in the dark? Did we get a cow? I don't think we did. Yeah, I didn't see a lot of uh, animals here in this rural part of Oklahoma. Yeah. Even though it is a cow full state. What about existential or identity crisis? Not so much. Yeah. Um. I I have following in parents' footsteps, and I'm not going to count like Jason Reitman. It has to be within the story. We don't have a. It's more of following in grandparents' footsteps. The way Phoebe takes after Egon. Do I, you think that would count? I'd, I'd still give you that. Yeah. That that okay. It feels appropriate. It feels in the spirit of of that one. Uh, um, I have signature snack, which I mean for a character. There are foods that become uh, motifs across this franchise, like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, like the Twinkie. But that's not like one character is always eating those. Yeah. It's not like Walter Bishop and his licorice, which is yeah. what this is on here in honor of. So that's close, but I don't get it. I have death by electrocution. Uh can can I mark that for the yes. g- 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 ghost in the 2016 one? I oh, and- I was thinking I was thinking about those ghosts that interrupt the trial in Ghostbusters 2 and the judge is like, the Scolari brothers, I gave him the electric chair. That too, yeah. Um you know, I'm gonna put that one on there. Uh how about this? Since there are maybe a few other things on our card that could be marked by ghostbusters stuff do we want to keep it to one thing uh for this time sure maybe for first week sure but that's not a general rule right yes we, yeah, there, yeah. there have been weeks where we're able to knock off like three things and those are yes, good weeks. yes but ju- just for this one week especially since i made my card after and i know you made your card after you started to watch two okay um only other thing- one I want to point out is my quota block. Oh, I, I didn't have a quota. Um, I sometime during the year, I'm going to have to find three different planets, uh, but I'm giving myself the limitation of a single movie or show cannot or, or right. A single piece of media cannot fulfill all three of the, those. So if they go to Mars and then Jupiter and then Pluto in one movie, I can't mark all three of those. That only counts as gotcha. one planet hopping adventure. Um, so that's the only other thing I want to point out. But there we go. Bingo. Off to the races. Good stuff. Good stuff. Let me put that away. Uh, and then Melissa, let me ask you this recommendations. What would you recommend to people who enjoy Ghostbusters? I came up with a couple for each of the different eras of Ghostbusters we're talking about. Okay. For the original two, I definitely recommend another frequent blockbuster rental for me was the pair of gremlins movies Mm, especially gremlins 2 the new batch i love a sequel that takes the same thing but makes it way sillier uh we talked about both of these gremlins 1 and 2 in episode 87 Mm -hmm. we have also talked about little shop of horrors 
Yeah. The 1980s Frank Oz adaptation of the Mencken Ashman stage musical. We talked about this in episode 35. This wow. another childhood favorite. It was an early goal of mine to get you to watch it. Wonderful performance by Rick Moranis uh, and brief cameo by Bill Murray in there. Indeed. Indeed. Also from the 80s, we did once talk about aliens. If you want more Sigourney Weaver and who doesn't. We only talked about aliens because it was a shame timber yep. episode. And my list of shame was three famous sequels I had never seen when I had seen the original movies. So I had watched Alien, but I had never seen Aliens. So we watched that on episode 174. Cool. cool. Uh, if you enjoyed Ghostbusters 2016, as a comparison point, this week I watched Spy. This movie is from the same director, Paul Feig, also stars Melissa McCarthy and a bunch of the small supporting characters. Sam Richardson is also in that movie for like three seconds with no dialogue. Okay, interesting. Uh, Spy came out, I think, the year before Ghostbusters. And Melissa McCarthy plays the CIA desk jockey, who's the woman in the chair to a beautiful James Bond style secret agent played by Jude Law. She is his point person. She's talking on the intercom in his ear, giving him all this info. She's always had a crush on him. He never reciprocated it. Uh, and when he is taken down in a mission, she's like, put me in the field. I know how to do this. I owe it to him. L let me make up for this. And uh, it's a fun spy romp. Spy cool. nonsense is one of my favorite kinds of nonsense. So I'll yeah. always watch anything like this. Yeah. And if Good you like stuff. Ghostbusters Afterlife, I definitely recommend Super 8. Mm, yeah. This is a J.J. Abrams, written and directed by J.J. Abrams, uh, produced by Steven Spielberg, and very much in that Amblin style about a group of kids who like to make little home movies on their Super 8 cameras. It's set in the 80s, and one day when they're out filming something, they catch an actual uh, alien spaceship crash and then it's about them dealing with the aftermath of what comes to their town and trying to get the grown-ups to believe them that there's a problem here it's a little bit more of a drama than you'd expect it's more serious than any of these other movies i've mentioned it's not it's not as fun as et yeah <laughs> but it's it looks good i i enjoyed super eight i i recommend that one if you've missed it for sure sure uh over in my neck of the woods um if you liked ghostbusters there is a comic by the name of ghosted uh written by joshua mm. williamson uh published on I image comics art by go 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 art by goren Sedzuka and Miroslav merva i believe um and it is a kind of uh, the ghost heist comic book there is a professional thief whose last job went gruesomely bad uh he was the only survivor he ended up in jail but now a wealthy benefactor has broken him out 
of j j j j jail because he wants him to steal a ghost f ah! from a certain haunted mansion. Uh, he ag he agrees because he thinks this is the easiest money he's ever going to make. Because who believes in ghosts, right? But they're not real. Uh, and so yeah, he he goes to this haunted mansion and gets more than he bargained for. Um, so check out ghosted. Um, also, in the vein of like ghosts and afterlife and stuff that is getting a sequel, Beetlejuice. Um, yeah, yeah, we covered that here on the podcast way back on episode one hundred seventy nine. Um, so you can go check that out. Uh, I tried to annoy Melissa with all of the Beetlejuice two updates I could find over on the Capitol blog. Beetletooth, as we've been calling it. Um, uh, it was a great yeah. bit until the strikes hit, and then there was yeah, no news. There was nothing. And you had to drop it. <laughs> um, but that was a lot of fun. Uh, I would also recommend uh, Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated, something else that we've yes. covered here on the show, episode 25. That is another early episode. But if you like uh, spooky stuff, uh, especially maybe one that is child friendly, uh, Scooby-Doo Mystery uh, Incorporated is a great place to start. Yeah, it's a really beautiful animated series uh, that is sufficiently spooky. Put it on yeah. for a kid, but I think there's That's enough meat mystery. on the bone that it's a, a great watch for an adult as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and then, oh, God, I had one more. I was about to say last but not least, but then my mind just. Do you like, remember oh, when we I was, read I was say Haunted Mansion, the one I kept mentioning during the yeah. show? Go go check out both of the Haunted Mansion adaptions. So I was going to throw out the death defying Dr. Mirage. Remember oh, her? Yeah. Yeah. From Valiant Comics, the death-defying Dr. Mirage. Kind of like a, a Doctor Strange-like character, but focusing more on, uh, like, occult a, 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 a magic? That's not the yeah. exact we, same we thing. We read like, the first two volumes of this on episode 90. Um, that's a good one. Dr. Shan Fong Mirage can speak to the dead, but she can't speak to her late husband. She's desolate, going through the motions of her life as a paranormal investigator, taking whatever jobs will give her the money to keep her and her husband's home just as it like when he was alive. Her latest gig seems sketchy, but a mysterious spirit hints that she might be able to find her husband if she travels into the underworld. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff so if you indeed. want, if you want ghosts, but with the weight of grief <laughs> if you're like i don't want my ghost to be fun i want there to be the pain of loss in there also i want heavy you can read the death <laughs> right Emo uh, sad ghosts. ghosts please yeah <laughs> you can read the death defying dr mirage <laughs> good stuff uh cool well that is all for our recommendations uh so the next episode of the review show will be in two weeks Keep that in mind. It is no longer a weekly show. Two weeks mm -hmm. is when we will be back. Uh, and what we are covering in two weeks is Netflix's Blue-Eyed Samurai. Uh, this is one that I wanted to get on the calendar. Uh, and I was like, we should, if, if we do this, we should do it sooner rather than later. Because it is still mm -hmm. fairly new. It only came out last November uh, in 2023. Uh, but this is set d during Japan's Edo 
period uh, in which a half-white, half-Japanese Onamusha named Mizu quests for vengeance against four white men, one of whom is her father, who illegally remained in Japan during the closing of its borders by the Tokugawa shogunate. Um, I have heard nothing but great things uh, with this. I know there's some great voice acting in this, some incredible animation um and it seems like a like um, like a, a quieter kill bill almost does does that make sense like 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 an understand mm-hmm. i don't know i haven't seen it yet so yeah. i i don't know exactly but that's the vibe i'm kind of getting what if it's just a little like an understated i need to go kill my father mm-hmm. kind of strange story there yeah so uh, that is what we will be up to in two weeks. So go check that out. Go check that out. It's up on Netflix. Uh, we might have Ignacio joining us for that episode. I don't know for sure yet. Hopefully he can uh, hop on uh, with that. But yeah, I guess that is about it for this episode of the Whatnots Review Show. Melissa, where can the people find you on the internet? You know, out of all the people I know in my real life, Ignacio does seem like he'd make a good Ghostbuster. I think so, too. More than either of us. I mean, he, he's an electrical engineer and he's I, he should by the end of this month, I think, have his he can make a masters trap. in that. He he'll, can make a proton pack. He absolutely re- can redesign it all. So it's smaller. It's handheld. It's all in your phone now. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Shout out to Ignacio, who's smarter mm. than us. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, uh, I've got a letterbox at WilkyWit, W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. There you go. Uh, you guys can find me at Yo Kyle Springer. Uh, and if you guys would like to stay up to date with all of the stuff that we do here at the Whatnots, we are at the Whatnots official on, th- on th- th- Threads. Uh, so please go like, share, and subscribe. That would help us out a ton. We got plenty more vi- vi- videos right over there on that side of the screen if you're watching this on YouTube. Uh, so go check those ones out as well. But yeah, this has been number 284 of the Whatnots Review Show. We will see you all next time. Bye. Bye.